I haven't seen you since the play. Yahoo! Let's let's segue now uh, into uh, the community episodes that we are here to talk about, uh, because this is, of course, Advanced Community Studies, a podcast where we uh, watch and talk about the American television show community one or two episodes at a time. Uh, We are the premier podcast in the Yahoo screen podcasting network. Ah, uh, shit. Uh, I am uh, one of your hosts, TV's Kevin Lanigan, and these are not uh, explicitly uh, quotable <laughs> episodes of uh, television, uh, but I, too, had a cat named Susan B. Anthony. <laughs> hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Jace. I use they, them pronouns, and damn, I wish our bed was Batman. Nice. I'm Caleb, the third host, the daddy host, the hostess with the mostest kids. Um, and I don't have a fun quote for these episodes. I just think my introduction's good enough. Yeah. That's beautiful <laughs> that you feel that security yeah, I in love yourself. That for you. I, I don't, Kev. I don't. But thanks for I love me. that for you. I love that for you. Uh, no, buddy. Oh, me. Oh, baby, it's okay. I should have done the Abed. Uh, I haven't. It's I. It's about time I had some character development. It's been three and a half seasons. That's what I should have done. <laughs> Retrospect, hindsight. I'm gonna do it over. Like when they reround the time stone and and Vision didn't get blowed up. I'm gonna fucking. I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna do it again. But uh, let's. Uh, we're continuing here through the gas leak year, oh, yeah. uh, and we find ourselves now. Uh, we have reached the halfway point, folks. This is this wow, episode we are about to discuss. So shorter, huh? Thirteen eppies do fly by, don't they? Sure do, Cotton. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I was drinking water, you insufferable asshole. <laughs> mm. Oh, insufferable asshole! You're gonna have to be more specific. Me, little me. I said that and like the Pink Floyd album cover. It entered a prism. And then shined on both of them. <laughs> Three discreet kinds of asshole. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And shined back at me. It was all of us. Yeah. Yeah. You know when you're shining a light through a prism, one light shines back at you. Dude, that's literally um, not how prisms work. <laughs> nah, dog, it do. It'd be like that, okay? A, uh, a prism, not a mirror. <laughs> It do be like that. Uh, not to talk about memes, but one of my favorites is when someone will take that particular Pink Floyd album cover, put something that is like a gateway gay thing in the middle of it, and then have the rainbow shooting out the other side. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just love that. I think that's beautiful for everyone. What What is your uh, you definition know, you put... of a gateway gay thing? Asking for a friend. Uh, you know, uh, tough to say. One more time uh, about that book. If you're if you're talking about um, 
say lesbians of the mid 90s you might put like the indigo girls in there right mm-hmm. and then they shoot out the other side gay just right. poor a hemplo yeah. all right um i am a little too young for the indigo girls i am a little too young for sophie b hawkins and uh oh yeah. caleb you said daft punk did y'all see daft punk's like eight minute breakup video it's a clip from a movie they made that. last year oh okay. so, oh they made the movie last year okay it's like a year and a half old or something not, I did see a tweet new. that was really uh, funny when everyone was like, oh my god, I'm so surprised. Like, how could they end? And somebody was like, dude, they literally haven't made music in eight years. And you're surprised that they I, up. too, would like to not, not do true. my job for eight not years true. and then announce not that true. I quit. Not what true. When was the last time Fuck they made The Weeknd's last album has, like, three songs with them credited on it, and they produced, like, the whole album. If you watch the Super Bowl halftime show, Daft Punk was also a performer at the Super Bowl halftime show. It's amazing. Oh. This is my short sideline. Daft Punk's trajectory has been great. I love them dearly. Yes, they put out a few clunkers, but most of their albums I absolutely love, including Ram, which is a very good album. But it's very also oh, very funny to me that their final album was barely them making music. It was them composing music and paying famous people everybody likes to make to play their music, which is very random, good. Is that Ram? Random Access Memories, yeah. Um, that's very Sick. good. And then after that, they just made soundtracks for things or they did features or they produced things and they did it so well. A lot of people have been listening to them and not knowing it (laughs) because the weekend's been wildly popular. And like the three of his top 10 biggest hits in the last 10 years have been produced by Daft Punk and he played those at the Super Bowl. So them announcing a weekend got a Marvel comic of his own. Yeah, Yeah, That's how popular he was. What? Them the announcing a, a breakup. Yeah. Them yeah, announcing... it was called Starboy. Yeah. And Starboy is the song that's got Daft Punk in it. It's like the Sick. big one, the Daft Punk. Like all of the music in that is Daft Punk. So it's. I didn't read the comic to find out if they're in the comic. I don't is know. the comic like, as robot. like main continuity Marvel or is it just an offshoot project? That's an excellent question. The McElroy family has a Marvel comic too. So Yeah. Uh, but they're not. I mean, they might be in it as, like, a cameo. They're not the stars. They're not the protagonists (laughs) of the comic. Uh, But, you know, like, is the issue of Spider-Man where he met Barack Obama canon? Is the the issue of Spider-Man where he met Eminem canon? Is the issue where he helped Stephen Colbert on his presidential campaign canon? These are the questions. (laughs) Those I I could venture to say, yeah. But if you're making an, an entire line... Was it was it a one shot or like a six shot? Or it was, was a one shot. Oh, okay. It was a one shot. I'm intrigued. I'm sorry to mislead you to think there was some ongoing. I was like, an ongoing the weekend <laughs> issue run of like Marvel comics. I was like, is Starboy like gonna join like Young Avengers or something? What's happening? <laughs> That would be amazing. Yeah. Uh, oh man, no, I would uh, actually love if there was. Sorry, go ahead. No, you're nope. good. I'm... <laughs> All you. It's amazing to me that like Daft Punk was so prolific that like. They wrote themselves out. They played themselves off stage, almost literally. Like they, their last album is oh. them having other people play their music, and only showing up to support it. And then after that, they come in as support on other people's music. And then the last thing that happens where you hear their music is the Super Bowl, and they weren't even there. Like they slowly transcended physical appearances at all. They just stopped showing up places, but their music continued. And then they were like, they did kind of a slow fade. Yeah. They exactly. did the yeah exactly, it's very poetic. I like it a lot. And Guy Manuel de Hamon Cristo and Thomas Bangalter are fucking G's. 
Did you Those just are say the their real names? Yes, I did. Damn, you're a fucking <laughs> Those nerd, are... Caleb. Wow, yeah, I'm a dork ass surprise. Dork. What the fuck? This is news to anybody? Yeah, sure. I mean, we just talked for an hour about WandaVision, and now we're about to talk for another hour about a fucking sitcom that's been over for six years. Uh, yeah, a bunch of dorks yeah. on the pod today. Go weebs. Yeah. Uh, you know, Daft Punk, they left an indelible, indelible mark on Bless popular you. culture. A lot of bops along the way. Uh, in The Wicked and the Divine. Incredible. Yeah, Tron Legacy soundtrack. Uh, in the Wicked and the Divine comic book series, uh, Odin looks like Daft Punk. It's just they've left oh, an indelible I mark. Is that I've been meaning to read that series. Is it good? Uh, it uh, starts out dope as hell. Uh, but I will say this: what I wanted was an analysis of pop stars as gods. What I got was a story about gods as pop stars. Yeah. Does yeah. that articulation make yes. sense? Yes, it does. It's actually incredibly yes. uh, uh, well-informed as well. <laughs> thank you. I occasionally say smart things. I, whatever, you know, <laughs> I, you don't have to agree with me, but I am always coming from a place. You know what I mean? I'm coming from a spot. Um, I tell it like it is. I'm not here to make friends. Um, <laughs> this is RuPaul's drag yeah. race, not RuPaul's best friend race, okay? Okay. Uh, this is Survivor, <laughs> not Sir Friender. Uh, this is Fear Factor, not Friend Sir Factor. We move on. Nice. That's it. That's the one. <laughs> oh, Christ. Yep. <laughs> uh, a perfect segue to uh, season four. Episode 7, Economics of Marine Biology, directed by Trisha Bach, written by Tim Sicardo. Uh, in this episode, uh, Dean Craig Pelton is trying to court a rich idiot to come to Greendale in uh, what he calls a whale hunt. Um, at the same time, Troy and Shirley take a class on physical education education. Uh, and uh, Jeff tries to keep Pierce busy by hanging out at a barber shop. Um, I do not know where to begin. Uh, I'm going to say I'm coming into this one way more positive than I expected to be. Oh, absolutely. Um, there, I think, because for the last like three episodes we've been covering the gas leak year, I'm like, I want more Craig Pelton. I demand more Dean Craig Pelton. I know that, like, they were filming this the year he won an Oscar. He probably had a lot going on, but I want more Craig. Mm -hmm. And these two episodes back-to-back -back deliver me some fucking Craig right into my veins. <laughs> and um, I don't care about this rich kid. I don't care about him at all. But what can I say? They gave me an A-plot about Dean Craig Pelton, and that is all I ask for from the gas leak year. It's, I think there's also a tonal difference. I mean, we've talked about how, like, the way that they handle the humor that is somewhat, you know, edgy, if you will, if that's the description you want to use, um, read as gay jokes and such. Um, this is one that it's it straddles that line in an awkward place. Like, a lot of these previous episodes in this season have been like, this is just full-blown offensive. Like, this isn't even, like... This isn't even tongue-in-cheek. This is just fully just fucked up. Um, and then then we get to the moment where it's Jeff and Pierce laying down or sitting in the barbershop. Um, and then Pierce says, you know, I'm proud of you. He said, oh, yeah? Well, if, you know, if you're so proud of me, why don't you gay marry me? And it's such a bizarre fucking moment. 
it's so it's so weird. It's genuinely so odd. Like it, it feels wrong, but it at least doesn't come across as like really fucking offensive. You know what I mean? As opposed to a lot right. of the other times in this season. When they do stuff so, like so Kevin of eight years ago, when this season was coming out, um, I remember liking this barbershop plotline uh, quite a bit. It, it felt like Pierce rehabilitation to some degree like not not fully trying to rectify his character to being like a good person but felt like an okay use of pierce and in this current mode of pierce where every sentence he says something offensive right it's no longer the old white man occasionally says something off color it is now every line he speaks but i find this plot line to be an actually kind of interesting examination of male spaces and they don't have a lot of time in this plot line so it's not a, a thorough exploration but the way that jeff who tries to walk this good tries to walk this line between like being a devil may care kind of guy who will call it like it is and trying to be like the tender friend to a lot of people that are not like him and the way that he assimilates into this environment where they crassly talk about women, where they kind of, like, throw certain people that are not like them under the bus, felt like an actually good examination of what happens in these insular all-male spaces. Absolutely. And and I really, like, the, the second time this week watching this episode, I that really sunk in for me. Well, I think me, there's also something is, to be said about the fact that we're in the same moment where you start to view Pierce as more human, right? Um, because he's not entirely bad, you know, like he has a real moment with Jeff for once about, you know, like, Hey, I'm proud of you, you know? Um, it's also done at the exact same time where we have to then go, Oh, Jeff's also therefore a piece of shit <laughs> where he's just right, like, exactly. <laughs> so it's like, Oh, okay. Got it. So it's not just Pierce. It's like, for Pierce, just for Pierce to meet Jeff is an improvement. For Jeff to sink to Pierce is a demerit. It's you know, demerit, like right. it is... so it's this really awkward moment of you're like, oh man, man fuck Jeff too, I guess. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, fuck Jeff too, I guess. Uh, and that's just how it came off to me. There's not much more to say because it's the seed story. There's barely anything to it. Um, the only thing that there's less to in this episode is uh, Abed's fraternity <laughs> uh, formation. Delta but cubes? It, it, Delta cubes? <laughs> Boy, do I wish that... You know, remember how in Community of Seasons Past where if you were doing a Blanket Fort plotline and a conspiracy theory plotline, that those plotlines would converge? Yeah in some way sure if you're doing a plot line about how britta can't tell a joke and how uh annie and shirley are being cops how those how those plot lines would intersect yeah and i think just the fraternity plot is really missing the point where it intersects whether they ruin the party with the whale or whether they improve it you know and and play into his whims it's just missing that moment where they kind of sync together sure yeah, no, it's uh, it's interesting because like, I wanted. It's I hate this season. I'm sorry. I don't. I'm not an. <laughs> ass, I'm not trying to be an asshole. There's just so much that happens 
that when it's finished happening, you go, "That's it." You know what I mean? What was the what was the point? Yeah, right? who is, is that like, for? Like, why are we doing the barbershop because... plot line? Just sort of ends. You know what I mean? It just like yeah. ends, and then the next scene, Jeff is like, "Pierce is a good guy," but that's it. That's yeah. all. That's it's all. Really it ends bizarre. Up being. I wish that so much more of this was like the previous seasons. I'm, I'm gonna sound like a broken record for the next what three episodes where we wrap this up. Um, uh, yeah, it's just yeah. it's. It's just a uh, fuck. I hate talking bad because people who like loved what they were doing made this, or people who wanted to do this made this. I'm not trying to shit on them, but it also feels like it's a bunch of people who don't really get it, trying to act like they 100 percent trying get to it. fill the shoes of the creator, and it's just it doesn't. Yeah, that's and like so the, the interesting thing is that that's not entirely an impossible task with other things. Which may be why they were like, yeah, we could do this. Um, but for whatever right. reason, for this thing, it was far too nuanced for for the... Uh, I, I feel really bad right. saying that, right? Because, like, like, I but know... No, but that's, that's exactly it, what it is, though. It is the nuance that's missing. Because, like, fun, they, they hit a lot of the core tenets of this show. Like, they... For what they have been given, it's 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 confusing because and conflicting because it's like these these episodes are not oh. what we love about the show. Do you want to know they my, are still essentially the show? Do you want to know my awful metaphor I just came up with? Yes, please. Oh, and I'm, gonna, bad I'm, gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna feel bad about this too. Not because it's like grotesque, but you know <laughs> when like you assign or were assigned reading, uh huh, and you did the reading, sure came back to class and people asked questions and you had all the answers and then you know like sure. the next time you were in a class that assigned reading and you did not do the reading mm-hmm. and sure. you came back and answered questions and you only barely answered them sometimes okay this feels like the kid who didn't do the reading but really wants you to believe that he did so like he googled the spark notes and so can tell you who pierce is I can't tell you why that's important and can tell you the dynamic between Troy and Abed. I can't tell you why they wouldn't have a weird breakup slash convention thing and like can tell you who Jeff is, but can't explain to you why he is the way he is. You know what I mean? Like it's like this show gets the this show gets the outline, gets the cover of the book for all these characters in season. They, They went to schmoop. They did a little bit of reading. That's what I mean. True. Yeah, that's what I mean. They did the spark notes. They did the spark notes, which like does right. give you enough to exist, but not enough to contribute. That feels really bad, but you know what I mean. You know what no, I, mean? I know what you mean. Can I add on? Please, Can I just please modify do, it I know that's slightly. Very imperfect. Yeah, please do. No, it it feels like they did the reading. They didn't understand the reading sure. like they read pa- the first 20 pages of the great gatsby that were due on monday but they did not internalize <laughs> the first 20 pages of the great gatsby that were due on monday mm-hmm. yeah. and they they did not grasp it and they that is the so best example of that i can think of is literally from this episode and it is the delta cubes thing where he says the delta cubes he says as a throwaway and then abed very like pointedly very on the nose says dean trying to shut down a fraternity you know and then he goes let me live out this classic movie trope and he does it in a way 
that is like I mean it's like on the one hand you're like yeah I mean I guess that's sort of something that Abed would do but then when you think about it for a little bit longer we already know that there was an episode that occurred earlier in the show where he went through where they did the list. same thing he went through a list and he went these are all the the tropes that I want to do let's get them all out of the way and then they yep. do and unle- and so I find it very unlikely that he would just be like oh my god I forgot about the fraternity trope and then do, and he, he just does it so haphazardly in this episode too, where he just like right. he hears it and he goes, "Oh, Dean trying to shit down a fraternity," and then he runs off and he goes, "Delta cubes!" And it's just it's like, okay, okay, I, I guess it's not far off from something Abed would do. But the thing is, we've already seen Abed do this, so why would he do it again? Right, and they don't they don't take it that extra step. Also, the fact to be that Abed more would than have a something that is just not have Troy in it. Seems disgusting. Disgusting. (laughs) That you're not gonna have your actual brother in your brotherhood. Okay. Uh Uh, exactly. But Troy is actually busy in the plotline for this episode that I quite enjoyed. Uh, I was I really liked physical education. Education. It's actually. Uh, it's very. This is the part that I remember more so than the fact. Like I forget that the uh the privileged, super rich kid, episode is the same as the PEE episode. But if I think back, I remember the PEE more than more than the the rich kid. Even though I do remember the rich kid, actually, surprisingly, the PEE yeah. session is so entertaining. <laughs> like, it's really we good. Get a moment where we actually it, get to see Shirley be a human being. Like, hello, right? Hey, Shirley. It makes you wish for more Troy and Shirley, right? It makes you wish. For, I mean, obviously, more Shirley all the time. Yeah. But like these characters have kind of a fertile ground and and it's kind of this moment in this episode where you're like, right, like these characters never have stories together. It's, so like this is fertile ground that has yet to be tilled. And I think it's <laughs> this also is... great because it's, it doesn't have to live up to an expectation because, I mean, unfortunately, we don't have any of it basically prior to season four. We, you know, we don't get a lot of Troy and Shirley interacting outside of, you know, quick little jokes thrown around but like yeah i mean i think this i like this because they actually were like let's do let's do our own thing real quick and it works it works so well yeah and it like you know the wrap-up of it is kind of whatever but it feels like they just did what this plotline requires them to do which is to take every joke they can think of about physical education education and do it I don't, like, they, they do the fake locker room, they do the picking teeth, like, this, the inversion of all the classic gym class tropes, it's just like that, it feels like a good plotline that could have been in season one of Community, if instead of billiards they had taken physical education, education, right? Yeah, totally. It's just like this great, like, a slight extrapolation, they do every bit they can think of, they have a good, like, guest star to play the physical education coach and it just and also they just let shirley yell and they let donald cry and i'm like good this is all i asked for from a b plot on community (laughs) absolutely this is all i've ever required Mm. yeah yeah uh anyway out of things (laughs) to say um because this (laughs) yeah it's just if you say we're like cool all right we uh i we talked about it Uh, good uh moving on (laughs) let's move let's move uh all right season four episode eight herstory of dance uh directed by tristram shapiro 
written by Jack Kukoda. Uh, in this episode, uh, in a uh, another of her famous pointless bits of uh, uh, being needlessly defiant, um, Britta decides when she hears about a Sadie Hawkins dance to stage her own Sophie B. Hawkins dance, <laughs> which is a reference that all three of us are too young to get. Um, and, and, uh, she stages that in despite of a lot of, uh, confrontation, uh, from all sides, uh, at the same time, Abed attempting to, uh, be more of a well-rounded human being immediately gets set up on blind dates by Abed, uh, by Abed, by Annie and Shirley, uh, but of course falls in love with the woman who is right under his nose, uh, guest star Brie Larson at the last possible moment you could have gotten Brie Larson to guest star on your sitcom. This They got this in is, right under the wire. This is it. Down to the wire. This is it. What was it she did after this? That was like, This is right before Short Term 12, short-term later 12, in yeah. 2013, which was not like a huge like smash hit movie. It's a phenomenal film. Like one of my favorite movies. Absolutely go watch Short Term mm-hmm. 12, um, which has every like up and coming famous person in the current era. Uh, Lakeith Stanfield, Stephanie Beatriz from uh, uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Caitlin Deaver, uh, Rami Malek, just like a murderer's row of people who were about to become huge Oscar winning stars. Um, go watch Short Term 12. But she sneaks in right here. Um, and then like she rolls from that and then we're into room and then we're into, you know, but at this point she was a former pop star who was in Scott Pilgrim versus the world. You know, she had not, you don't know about Brie Larson's pop career where she released several albums as a pop star before becoming a famous actor. Oh yes. I had no idea. Oh yes. Is her music any good? I'll share one with you. You know, it's. It's like 2000s pop. It has its moments. Stop. Yeah, I'd say oh, give Caleb, it a listen. What did you do? Uh, Caleb has put a link in the Skype chat. This that is she is said good. by Brie Larson. Brie Larson artist. Oh my, my god. Oh my god. <laughs> and she's got like, her top song has like just over 300, just under 350,000 streams. Like, did not do a lot of numbers. Wow. This is unearthed potential but she was also a pop star before spotify so like all of this has been like oh before spotify so it was like it just hasn't translated over yeah if you didn't so it's just up there right exactly she was not doing this when spotify was a company uh because by the time oh i'm sure it was a company i don't know the history of spotify but before spotify was a thing everyone on earth used it was um she her pop career was done by that point so it's just kind of this thing that exists but i don't know give it a listen it's it's nice easy listening if you're into that she she has one album it looks like it's an album uh called finally out of pe came out in 2005 (laughs) she released a single i mean according to spotify at this point there might have been other releases (laughs) that aren't on spotify but Wow, I am going so to. Wow. <laughs> Which song are you listening to? The one I put a link to. She said. She said. It's a bop, folks. It's the she most, it's it's the most early two thousands. Kiss under the high school bleachers bullshit oh, I've ever listened to, and it's oh, incredible. God, so yes. excited. Pump it directly I'm into my fucking face. So brain. excited. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Oh my god. Uh, but anyway, you watch this episode and you're like, no, I do understand how she became a massive movie star. She's just fucking dripping with charisma in this episode. She's so just good. Like, it is, this is, 
it's interesting because I actually think this might be one of my favorite Abed plot lines. Like I, it's up there. This is like not only is this my because this is probably my favorite season four episode. This is also like actually actually an episode that I enjoy. Yeah, when when people talk about this season and like rate its relative uh, relative strengths and weaknesses, this is the episode that people put forward as no, this is like no asterisk. This is a really good episode of Community. Yes, and I completely agree with them. This is really charming. It's good character work for Britta, mm-hmm. which we've kind of been missing so far this season um, and has been, you know, to be honest, kind of on and off over the course of the previous three seasons uh, that this mm-hmm. is like a good, strong character beat for her. It kind of has a redemptive moment for Pierce. Uh, you have a couple good Donald jokes. Uh, you have Abed doing some classic movie horse shit. It's <laughs> really good stuff, even though I don't, know who Sophie B. Hawkins is. I get it. She played a guitar right. in the 90s. <laughs> That's as much as I've accrued. It's like the thing about this oh my god, my brain just completely gave up on me. You ever do that? Every day of my life. Oh my gosh. I could right. not tell you every what I was about to say. Every couple hours in my life. <laughs> Generally, yeah. What was I saying? I was saying something. I thought it was a- <laughs> I'm sorry, it's not funny, Ooh. but it's fucking hilarious. No, you're not no, getting funny, that back. But I'm also just like... <laughs> Jace, this is what I you... collectively, and I don't know why I said collectively, it's about I, that's weird. This is what I... The royal collective. Yes, yes, the royal collective. This is what I refer to as what it feels like to be a sim who was on the way to doing something when you canceled their action. And they just stand there and go, Bleh. Shit. <laughs> that's exactly what it is. You're like, yeah, I'm gonna take... No, that's really not mm. doing a lot. That's not good for me to hear already believing we live in a simulation. <laughs> oh, oh so you're me. having some like, you're, so WandaVision is like, you're like, no, this is what's happening. This is like, <laughs> I mean, it's something is loosely, going. you know, I guess. You know, you're yeah. one of those, you're one of those people that saw the Truman Show and you're like, no, this, I'm living this. This is me. Closer um, to Matrix than Truman Show, but like, yeah. Whoa. <laughs> Okay, so like, there's a sinister force behind. What well, you're not the sinister, about, where... shit, but more so like we are connected to a machine. I don't know. This is this. It's not about me. We're talking about. You're gonna sell about... me out for a fucking steak, aren't you, you <laughs> bastard, <laughs> son of a bitch? <laughs> the Matrix. Uh, anyway. Um, Matrix. Oh, quote. I get so, sell you out for a steak. I got it now. We're, we're for a steak, the, like I the guy, the reference, like the guy in the film, The like Matrix. That piece of shit guy that yeah turns on him. <laughs> For a fucking steak. yeah, Joe Pantoliano, great guy, bad man. Yeah, bad, exactly, bad man. perfect. Um, bad man. Sorry. What the hell was I saying about this fucking episode? You're not getting it back. It's gone. You got to give up on it. Yeah, no, <laughs> Just like, I stop thinking about it, it'll come back to me, and I'll be fucking. That pissed. dog don't hunt. Okay, <laughs> game over, man. Game over. Uh, also, can I say that Brie Larson in glasses? works ha cha cha yeah i I was like you know i'm just gonna i'm I'm gonna lay down a rule here uh any feminine presenting person in glasses okay go ahead (laughs) so sorry no go for it this episode works for me is because it manages to pull off the thing that we love about community in the other seasons it's the episode where they don't feel the commitment to having to be funny the whole damn episode 
they allow this sure. moment of really genuine kind of almost sad undertone of joy you know this moment of like damn brit has been through some shit you know and then jeff sends her a text message that says hey i know you know you probably hard to hear me you know saying this because you're so used to reading my texts you know they probably always come across as sarcastic but i mean this very genuinely like i'm proud of you it's it's not it's not quite you know troy's birth 21st birthday vibes but it's similar vein of that kind of oh there's a really sweet moment in this and it fits it doesn't feel forced it doesn't feel out of out of character out of context it just works and that's why I like this episode because it it, it, it it this episode nails what community is all about. The only problem is that unfortunately Troy and Britta are still dating at this point. <laughs> that is unfortunate. It did you just put into a stark realization for me that I'm like, we are eight episodes into the Troy and Britta relationship and like what has been the point of this thus far. Like the post-credit moment where he's like, where she's like, I'm eating splingles or whatever. Splingles. Splingles. The fit chip. And he's like, you know what? I think I have a headache. I think you should go. That's really funny. Spoilers for our rankings later. That tag is very funny to me. (laughs) Uh, I did, so speaking of Jeff and Britta, I did stage a poll after our previous episode where we discussed Thanksgiving, uh, where in talking about the horrible stereotypes in that pair of episodes, uh, I forgot to mention my uh, question of whether or not we think Jeff and Brea banged it out on Thanksgiving. Um, Whether or not after hanging out with Jeff's dad, if they just went to town on each other. And I staged a poll uh, with the Twitter audience. Uh, 42% of people say no which means 58% of people said, hell yeah, they banged it out on Thanksgiving. Uh, Which creates, I think, an interesting through line to this episode, if you're accepting that headcanon of, like, Jeff's occasional opening up of actual tenderness towards Britta, who is ostensibly, as far as I'm concerned, his best friend, um, and Uh his continued... Uh, friend with benefits over the course of this entire show um they just it, never an official relationship but certainly something is like you up uh happens semi-frequently off camera <laughs> yeah sure. um that like this great it's just a nice tender moment between the two of them an actual like earnest exchange Joel plays it really well. Gillian plays it uh, fantastically. I really like her performance during that whole scene where after Sophie actually shows up, she's just like this elated giggling is just like pouring out of her. We don't see a lot of it, but she's like really really experiencing joy. It's a great little, there's a couple little moments I like from that sequence where also Troy is mouthing, is singing along, but he does not know the words (laughs) to this song. Um, And, and is just, but he's playing it off. Like, like, Troy would, I think. And he's like, damn! Like, he's really not mouthing the words to the song. But that is a is a good moment for me. Uh, exactly. Like Garth not knowing the words to Bohemian Rhapsody in, in Wayne's World when they're singing it along in the car. It's like, like an Miles actually not lily. knowing the words to Sunflower while getting ready yes, for school. Oh, it's so good. You can't, you can't do it. He does the... 
this marker? Ooh, oh, it's so and they funny. Had a little mark. Oh my god, that is the great. I don't care what anyone says. That's the best movie you ever made. Period. <laughs> Take a fucking hike, Godfather. It's yeah, Spider Verse time. I baby. literally couldn't even make it through Godfather. I've tried watching it a couple times. I can't get through it. You know Spider Verse. You know why you what? couldn't get? You hurt me personally, Jace? but it's okay. Why? Because you're not boring. Because <laughs> I'm not boring. You're not boring. Thank you. Kevin's about to fight us. <laughs> I'm kidding. It was a joke. It was just a joke. I'm a little boring. I'm a. I will. I have nothing to say at parties. I'm not good at stand up. I have no stories. I'm boring. Not I accept it's that. not an invitation for you to rag on yourself. I'll dunk on my ass. I don't give a fuck. Uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's no, it's okay. Uh, I watch those movies literally every year, so it's okay. I'm boring. I accept it. Um, get it maybe i started when it was too late and i was already sleepy i don't even know i just can't do that can't do that you got it's got you know put it on mid while the sun is up i'm like dude, maybe as we're like approaching sunset but the sun's got to be up. i don't know just like i just couldn't do it but spider verse into the spider verse i don't care if you're talking about live action or animated superhero movie or non-superhero movie best movie ever made hands down that's not true cinema i, I have other stories <laughs> Like, it is hands down that's not true <laughs> hands down actually i take that back <laughs> no it, caleb have really, you seen have, caleb have you seen the dark crystal we talked about this a little bit I, in a different you've you seen oh i loved that reference that you just threw in there right there real quick mm. <laughs> um we're, I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about again at some point the second we get to the puppet episode which you know not to jump the next week it's next week oh my god yeah Woof, i am not looking forward to it <laughs> uh i feel like i'm gonna come in with a fucking hot take on that one oh, so yeah. we'll 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 yeah. save it though we'll couch it week-long warning then it's but you don't know where it, how what direction it's gonna go no well i guess, I guess. it's gonna be spicy we know that but yeah no, Kevin. Uh, Kevin has not seen the Dark Crystal. Uh, Dark Crystal no. is one of my favorite movies, maybe ever. Uh, I love it so deeply. Movie's great. great. It's so great. It's so great. Did you watched the I, show on Netflix. Yeah, I just, I just very recently started doing a rewatch of it, uh, and I am enjoying myself. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's so good. And I was like, I was like, Kevin, you got, you got to watch this movie. It is just like a seminal piece fantasy like it is like listen y'all at some point i'm gonna buckle in and i'm just gonna do the dang thing all right we're gonna do the movie and then we're gonna work through the show but right now i got too much i'm already in the middle of i gotta i gotta sort some of my own personal yeah, shit out barry right now because that's what you're watching yeah we're, yeah that's the show the partner and i are watching is barry we're in barry season two great show um Really enjoying that. And then my treadmill show is like The Righteous Gemstones uh, or some movie I'm working my way through. Uh, you know, I'm, I got to sort some shit out. Also, I have to watch Community a couple times a week. Uh, but, you know, we're, we're, we're going to make it happen. I'm going to do it. But it's just it's just not right now. That's all. But I have a solemn vow that I will <laughs> I do. I solemnly swear that I will watch The Dark Crystal. But it's like I haven't watched The Dark Crystal, but did I watch a jane fonda 1960s western yesterday yes i did yes i did and i enjoyed the hell out of myself nat king cole is a musical narrator of a jane fonda musical er, great awesome <laughs> good movie <laughs> enjoyed myself um uh anyway uh, community the points of this episode that don't 
work. Like, we really drop the Troy tries to make the dance interesting runner pretty quick. Like, we stop trying to make that joke happen about halfway through the episode. Wacky ice. Okay. Right. Is that, like, it never goes anywhere. It doesn't really pay off. There's no closure to it. The thing but is, the episode that unfolds is so good that I don't mind. You don't mind. I'm I, willing to forgive. It's interesting because I think if Abed, sorry, if Troy was not otherwise obligated or otherwise detained, he was if he wasn't out doing something else, the Abed plot wouldn't have landed on Brie Larson's character. It would have landed on Troy, and we wouldn't have gotten such an awesome character development for Abed. And this relationship, that's the best relationship in the entire show. Um, like, it's... It, because what what she did in that moment was take the spot of the person Abed can talk to about the movie trope and the TV trope, or, like, what he's doing. The hijinks partner, if you will. Mm, and Troy needs to be busy for that to be possible. Otherwise, Troy mm. is the one that Abed does it with. Right? So, You're absolutely correct. So that's one of the positives of it. But, and, you know, and they, they're they like, well, how are we going to keep him distracted while doing this? And it's like, well, we'll loosely relate to the fact that he's dating uh, Britta. And then we'll have him struggling. And I think that's what they were trying to go for with the end tag. It seems very loosely tied together. But it seems like they're trying to be like, he feels left out of the hijinks with Abed. And then he takes that resentment. And then when they're sit- when we're sitting in bed and they're split over which type of chips are the best chips, um... He just feels – it further just leans into that feel of like we're not on the same page. And then he's like, I have a headache. You need to go home. You should leave. I have a headache. It's so funny to me. It's really fucking funny to me. I can't – I mean it's just Donald Glover being it's funny. It's really upsetting for me. I watch it. I'm like, oh. <laughs> it's just – it's actually – it's a good version of what we did in, in the Inspector Space Time episode where Troy is v- reciprocating a traditionally female – line you know like to get out of uh you know uh, uh, but it's not a whole plot line it's just like a bit it's one line so it works for me instead of an entire basis for an episode you know what i mean that's all oh i see it just tickles me yeah yeah just you know brevity is a solo whip or some shit yeah yeah sometimes something should be a plot sometimes something should be a tag that sounds like a threat. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it does. I'm literally just your soul is here. brief. Oh, I'm dying soon. Or Great. Got it. Okay. <laughs> Gotham, your soul is brief. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so stupid. Oh, uh, uh, absolutes. Um, yeah, very uh, fucking uh stupid i don't know do we we i guess we just spent all of our like ire on wandavision earlier so it feels like we're kind of just like i mean talking at about this point two... we're both we're, also the other thing is like the thing is these are two episodes that are good and feel good but also still firmly within the like i mean it's just a weird period so we're like yeah we've said what we needed to say you know what i mean it's not like it's all this stuff it's like hey there's this new character that we like and it's actually a good episode for once and then we're like okay cool now what all right, see ya. Bye. Uh, yeah, Magnitude lost his catchphrase. See ya so, later. back and he's like, pop, pop. <laughs> uh, very forced. The other thing. Diggity-doo. Diggity-doo. The one thing that I was noticing, though, that is different is the writers are leaning more and more into wordplay jokes. Uh, <laughs> with like, Interesting. Like alliteration jokes um, or like repeated phrase jokes. So the easiest one I can think of going back 
to the previous episode is uh, physical ed- physical education education uh, th- that you'll ever be educated in the ed- in, in the physical education education <laughs> like they just say like that phrase and flip the like the type <laughs> of the part of speech around a million times yeah and they do stuff like that a bunch there was one line in I literally can't even remember it but I remember I think I think Shirley says it and it's got a bunch of words that start with F. <laughs> And I remember being like, oh, that was supposed to be a joke, but there was no setup, no punchline, and it wasn't funny. But I could tell that it was intended to be a joke because of the wordplay. Right. There's definitely, in these two episodes, watching them right before this recording, it really stands out to me that, like, there's something that feels off because Jeff is often just restating what the person before him said verbatim but adding sarcasm to it whereas jeff previously would have restated and then added a joke but they're missing the joke so jeff will just often say like really you're doing the dance and then that's the end of his sentence where it's like i i'm ad-libbing here it's gonna be terrible but it's like really you're doing the dance did you learn nothing from uh chernobyl or uh the sitcom joey sometimes things just aren't meant to be you know like uh, (laughs) (laughs) you know like that that is what is missing winger zinger but like thank you swinger swinger it's a swinger it's a a swinger swinger. Uh, what did you call me it's a winger humdinger (laughs) what did you Um, call me and it's what did you call me? Uh, yes, but that is something. <laughs> uh, but it's something we've been talking about frequently that like Jeff feels slightly wrong in these in this season. It just feels not quite right. Yeah. He's missing some edge. He's just been kind of sanded down, <laughs> and and he's just kind of a guy who is there. Yeah, yes. He's there, you know. He's a sarcastic guy. He's there for Dean to ogle, ogle, ogle. <laughs> Absolutely. I thought you said uh, Dean Doggle, and I was like, "What? Is that like a yeah. Boondoggle?" But it's when the Dean's doing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Dean, because I would have gone with Boondingle in that instance. Uh, um, thank you, <laughs> Dean Doggle. Um, has a better mouthfeel, though. Let's be honest. Mouthfeel, Dean Doggle. I hey, listen, Jim Rash in that black and white 1950s. Uh, I Dean Doggle. <laughs> you know yes. I, mean? I don't know what's happening. Uh, Should I be just to fucking objectify Jim Rash one more time on this hey, show? We love it. <laughs> you see his arms? He's buff. Yeah. Ooh. He's Rash is fucking buff. He's built. Did Did y'all ever watch that '70s show? Yeah, of course. No. Featuring Wandavision's Division's Deborah Jo Ruff. Um. Uh, Jim has a recurring bit on that show where he shows up as uh, the effeminate gay Fenton uh, who has a on and off rivalry with uh, the effeminate main cast member Fez um, and he's always wearing like a tight turtleneck and it has like Jim Rash with like a little more fuzz uh, all over the head it's it's deep it's it's an important work <laughs> of, of art. It should be that should be in a museum. Oh now I'm gonna look for this. I don't think I realized that he was in that. I gotta get back into that '70s show or something. Uh, I uh, would imagine it has aged like dirt. Bread. Um, 
uh, yeah, I am. Yeah, I'm sorry. Dirt actually ages very well. No, really I, well. That's really the most like joke I've ever heard is actually um, in response to some politicians tweeting some shit that being so 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 dead wrong and assholes about it. Bob the drag uh-huh. queen goes plays back a video of one of I forget what it was, and then it cuts to him out of drag and then just going. When I say that this tweet aged like Greek yogurt, <laughs> it has me fucked up. It is one of the funniest. Is that? Whoa! Did you just send a picture of Jim Rash to the chat? Oh my god! Look. Absolutely. At him. I've done like, my civic duty. <laughs> looking like a revolutionary. Absolutely. Or a drug dealer. Huh? Yeah, a little bit of both, honestly. Looking like something, I'll tell you that. Uh, he, looks, uh, he looks like something. <laughs> hey, let me tell you something. Uh, anyway, uh, we're done. I don't know. I've lost control of my mind. I've had a terrible two days at work. I'm a little drunk. Okay, it's I'm just, I'm going. I'm just trying to be. Let him live. Let him live. I'm just, let me live here. Come on. Let me live. Oh my gosh. I miss when cartoon characters sounded like that instead of just like people comedians. Uh, yeah, I wish I miss when they sounded like that instead of just like bored comedians not even trying to modulate their voice. Right. <laughs> like, and and not just like doing walls of text that is the writer's opinion. I miss when like cartoon characters were cartoon characters. That felt nice to me. I missed that era. Sure. Uh, maybe we'll, all those cartoons maybe we'll get it back someday maybe we won't uh, and it exists in pockets i'm i'm i guess denigrating one particular kind um, of show I, i'm just gonna just gonna say this for the five billionth time watch steven universe oh my god everyone <laughs> take a drink audience did you prepare your shut glass watch take a little steven. drink <laughs> caleb's like slurp <laughs> i put it all over my face too both of you have water. I'm going to drink water. You know what? We're all just going to take a sip of water. I'm out of water. I drink all my water. Fucking uh, high drink. Well, that's good. But it's fine because I've seen Steven Universe and neither of you have. And you need to fix that immediately. <laughs> immediately. Please. I will when you oh, watch no. Godfathers 1 and 2. Rude. Mm. I haven't. How dare you? How dare you? How dare you? I am a. Fan. That is much less of a time commitment for you than it is for me. I know. <laughs> Sorry. I just. <laughs> I'm upset. <laughs> I've issued an ultimatum. I just had a, an ultimatum. I just had a very deeply, yeah, an ultimatum. Had a very deeply upsetting oh oh no oopsie revelation moment just now. But I'll wait until the closing moments of the show because it's about Wandavision. <laughs> what? Uh, I mean, we're done fucking talking about these episodes of Community. So all we have to, all have to do is rank. If Let's you want to go up. off, King. All right, I'll go off. Um, <laughs> go off. Would it make sense that the bad guy for Doctor Strange's sequel coming up would be Kathan, who's the god of chaos, if Wanda's needed to help? Because I she's saw the chaos some, magic. I saw something like that. I think, honestly, I know they've spent 10 years building this universe. I still think that that's too much of a dive into the deep end. I mean, people were ready for Mephisto. Do you think so? I, mean, I don't think Marvel those people has... were correct in wanting Mephisto. <laughs> I think Mephisto is slightly less deep end than the other ones, but still, I think it's too deep end at this point. Mm, but sure. then again, I don't Marvel... know how they're going to pull off Modok or even like 
Uh, oh, please, King. Give me my King Modoc. We're getting he is one big we're head. Getting, we're getting a Mod Modoc in a show. You know this, right? I we're know. Getting the I, I mean, I know. Animated series, which is gonna yeah. be fucking rad. But I don't. Y'all don't want a real yeah. live action Modoc. No, I suck. do. It will suck. I, do. I don't think it'd be possible. He's going to look like George Lopez in Sharkboy and Lava Girl. It's going to be fucking weird. Yes, please. <laughs> I want I that just more than want... anything now. <laughs> please. Well, just about, keep like, George Lopez. I guess they could pull off Galactus because the second you go to no, the Galactus is easy. He's a big man. He's just scaled. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's just a scale. big guy with a cool hat. It's not that hard. Right, but I mean like, just... as far as getting the audience to buy into what that character is. You know what I mean? People will buy it. No, yeah, they will. The, no, the, he, that one I do, but like going into like Cthulhu or like a little bit less so, like Nightmare or Mephisto. Mephisto probably the least right. of those three, but like still, those are like as far as MCU goes, that's deep end. Sure, I mean, it, not not also don't Galactus. Have to make Galactus Cthon is like no, Galactus is not deep end. I, Galactus is no, not deep okay, end. That's but Cthulhu, like, yeah, Thon I don't deep end like that's. I mean. <laughs> Marvel has like ten different versions of Satan, and it's about time we started trotting them out. We're also like, getting let's... Eternals before we're getting <laughs> Doctor Strange two, and the Eternals could very easily interact with the God of Chaos because they're all kind of gods. And that'd be a really easy onboarding process after having to understand who the fucking Eternals are. I mean, yeah, I think, the, but I think I think the Eternals are going to introduce similar Eternal like. I don't know. I don't know who the Eternals are going to fight. I don't know what it's going to be about. I just personally, maybe maybe I'll be surprised. Maybe Cthon will be introduced, but I do personally think Cthon will be a bit of a deep end choice. Slightly too much of a deep cut um, for it to hit the mainstream. Because the whole thing fundamentally is based on like, it still is like, okay, like, you know, we started it off as like, okay, there's science. It's like, oh, maybe there's this god, and then there's more science, and there's more science. And then there's aliens, and you know, and you could explain basically everything within their 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 science world. And now they're like, okay, there's also mystical arts, and so then you've got Doctor Strange, and now we've got Agatha Harkness. Um, but then everything else is explained within. It's either magic, it's science, um, and then there's Thor. I like think I just, we are God's, magic is just science. We don't understand. Gods oh, exactly. are gods. Gods can be explained by science. We just don't get it yet. And Cthulhu controls fucking Quicksilver at one point. So uh, like, I just, I just don't know about Cthulhu. I mean that you know. I mean, if they pull it off, they pull it off. I'd be stoked to see it. But I just don't. I don't see it. I think so we're, we're overrating how difficult all of this is to explain because we already had like Dormammu, yeah, and it, like it's not. Uh, it's not. It's not. It's not as difficult as uh, what we think it out to be. It's just like, hey, here's this guy, and he does this, and that's like. There's not that much. We already have six gems that form the very basis of the universe. I did like a guy that does chaos is not that extrapolated right, from. I think we overrated. That, but when you use, because he's an explanation for a character that has now gotten at least two explanations. And it's like, we can't keep doing that to Wanda. Well, I'm not saying he doesn't Kithon have to be like the origin of Wanda. I'm saying like, it would be an obvious, they're tapping into the same oil, power, tapping into the tapping into the same power. Yeah. Right. It, Is that like juggernaut and Dr. Strange are tapping into the same God entity, but it just takes very different. Wait, what? Forms. 
Yeah, uh, so so Doctor Strange has this spell he can cast called the Crimson Bands of Ciderac, which are essentially these unbreakable uh, red bonds that he can yeah. contain people in. But Juggernaut, the X-Men villain, uh, was, his power was awakened by the Crimson Gem of Ciderac. Uh, which uh, essentially is the ability to be unstoppable. That is what is incurred unto him is just the physical presence and the innate ability to be unstoppable. Uh, the helmet is not technically part of the deal, but it's just become part of the deal. Yeah. Uh, and uh, they are tapping into the same God force, uh, but it just takes very different forms. So it's just like, oh, we have this guy doing this with chaos and we have Wanda who does this with chaos. Yeah. Uh, also, I don't think most people in the audience will question it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I, also, it's like just, oh, magic. Is, okay, cool. Also, that movie is supposed to be a horror movie and Sam Raimi's directing it. And it would just make sense for him to pick some fucking wild, crazy looking. I'm dude. so excited yeah. for to get an MCU horror movie. I'm so, so excited. It's going to be great. And it's fucking Sam I, like yeah I, know. I think Ugh. right I mean Sam Raimi's the man and he managed to put some actual horror in those Spider-Man movies. I would brace y'all to think it's going to be a horror horror. I think it's going to be a horror in the same way that Winter Soldier is a conspiracy, which is kind of <laughs> you know a little bit. I mean maybe. Uh, it's still mostly it's still mostly a Marvel thing, but it's got a little Right. It's got a dash. I'm just excited, it's I'm got just a excited to see that they're they're playing with genre a little bit more freely. Sure. I, mean, I this, wish they would take it even crazy for, genre bending. That they you know what I mean? On. Yeah, I would. I yeah. would love to see more. I want more. That's what. That's Absolutely. that's my final statement. I want Absolutely. more. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, okay. Ranking of community episodes. Good. We've hit our time quotient, <laughs> and uh, yeah. and now we can rank. Uh, episode, uh, for starting, uh, first with end tag, the right? end tags. Our first end tag is, uh, <laughs> keep your damn hands off my lets. Weak. Uh, let's weak, v, uh, splingles. Oh, I really like this I one. I like the one. fake commercial with the old lady who says, keep your damn hands off my lets. Uh, and then I love that we've built out a small chip universe within community based on the uh, generic prop department brand Let's that you can see on thousands of shows, but that community has Is built it, really? it out into like, yeah, it's just like prop department shit. It's the same way uh, everyone prepared to take a shot. It's the same way that the airline that they use on Lost Oceanic <laughs> can be seen in dozens of TV shows before Lost because it was just like a free-to-use, non-existent gotcha. air, I, airline I or chip brand. Of the Let's thing, I think back to the uh, Leonard end tag where he's having the Let's potato chips. Also good. Yep. It's like that. Also, I'm realizing I just, Let's feels like a combination between Lay's and Utz. Correct. Okay. You did. Cool. It. Glad I'm glad I'm picking up the references that the prop department are so blatantly putting out. A plus. Yeah. It was just like what looks enough like a chip that surely can be holding the bag, but not an actual brand of chip. And so you have let's. But then they come uh, up with what Splingles, which is so stupid. Splingles is stupid, but it makes me laugh. I don't know what it, it's a silly word. Splingles and is they stupid. Say it. Like Pringles is stupid. Yeah, I guess when you lay it out like that. But there are things <laughs> funnier than the SPL sound. Spl SPL is a funny sound. Splat, splat. We all know it. Splat. Oh, it's all good. 
uh, it really it really looks good on a comic page when someone falls in mud and it just goes like splurch. And you're like, oh, I can hear that. It just like really rings into my. To this day, yeah, when I kill beautiful. when I kill people in games, like and I'm being sneaky, and I stab them, I say splurch every time I do it. Splurch, because that's blood. That's what blood sounds yeah, like. That's what's, that's what's it sounds like splurch. Like. Uh, so I'm not saying yeah. this is like cracking the top 25 with like Horsebot 3000. It does not but beat this my one's... slut metric. Okay, the slut met. Mm. I would disagree. I would say it's because better than this puppy parade. I would agree because this end tag has like five jokes. I think are really funny. It's like amazing what they pack into one can of sprinkles. The fit chip. <laughs> fit chip. Uh, yeah, no, we're we're ooh, okay. So puppy parades number thirty. We're in the top thirty, folks. This might be the highest a season four end tag has gone thus far. I mean, in the morning with. Mm, Trying a better off to dreamland. <laughs> Why did that sound <sighs> just fucking like it? <laughs> because he practices it. I honestly, like, honestly, I don't, I, you two get this end tag, I don't, so I'm just gonna let y'all rank it. It's just, I don't know what it is, it's that they've created a whole fake chip commercial with a fake chip rivalry, and everyone has opinions about these two fake chips in the show. Yeah. It just, I, and then Troy fakes a headache because he's mad about the chips. It's <laughs> very funny. I can't, I can't I articulate it. Funny to me. Uh, okay, now we're at, like, date with Secret Service. 27. A cute... Cute end tag. Hey, how do you feel? Is the le- is the let's put you- is that the the first end tag or the second end tag? This is the first. We have not broached the second. Which was the second one? It's where they have Sophie B. Hawkins sing yes, a bunch yes, of yes, different yes, versions yes, yes, of her yes, song. Damn, I wish Abed was Batman. Damn, I yes, wish Abed was Batman. Groovy. Absolutely. Uh Daddy Host, how are you feeling? I'm feeling pretty good. How about you? No, um, I think that it could go. <laughs> I think that it could go above the Secret Service date and below. Wait, no, below. No, below Secret Service date and above. It's not better than Troy and Abbott the Dreamland. It's That's better than. True. It's better than in the morning with Starburns. Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree. Twenty nine. Let's v Splingles. Dawn of Chip. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, fuck. I'm about to watch the Snyder Cut in a couple weeks. Uh, anyway. Oh um, uh, you know what comes out the, the same day end. as the Snyder Cut? Fucking what? Falcon and Winter Soldier. And that's what I'll be watching. Oh, it comes out the day after. So you get a nice, like, shot chaser <laughs> between <laughs> between the two. Um, it's a shot of yeah, I can't wait to watch uh, a bunch of troops uh, fight anarchists. Falcon and Winter Soldier. Uh, great. Uh, let's see. Uh, Sophie B. Hawkins. Kev, I just want to make uh, it you know, clear this... you will not make me feel bad about loving Falcon and Winter Soldier, okay? No, that's okay. I'm just a grump man. I live in a grump house. <laughs> yeah, I'll definitely. I'm just like, oh, cool, more troops. Uh, let's yeah, see. I'll definitely be watching it with a very critical lens while still enjoying it immensely. Yeah, it's uh, it comes out Friday in time for my lunch like, break, so it's propaganda. I will keep I hate watching. This stupid nonsense, but goddamn it, I'm enjoying myself. 
maybe they will finally make the Winter Soldier interesting. Uh, let's see. Uh, <laughs> I'm just slinging uh, hot one? takes and trying to move on. Sorry. It's not even hot uh, takes. <laughs> the most interesting about the Winter Soldier is his boyfriend. Um, his boyfriend? Let's see. Yeah, Captain, Captain America. America. <laughs> Captain America. Oh, boo. Uh, you got me who... excited for no fucking reason. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. Oh, like, I'm afraid gay? to say that the Winter Soldier is straight as hell. Boo. Like, I'm, I'm afraid to say that that guy is, like chronically straight like tragically straight. chronically uh, straight it's a condition cl- yeah clinically straight yeah clinically. i'm cl- <laughs> criminally straight criminally Ooh, that's um, fun too all right what's yeah. this other uh, the Terminally straight. um <laughs> oh it's fatal Ooh, i hate that um i don't like this as much as couple gangers Number fifty four. Not as good as why did he call me? Not as good as covered the zero. Why did he call me? It's just <laughs> it's so, so funny. <laughs> so funny. I can't believe that that's fifty five. It's just it's tragic. Betty White explains Inception. Shirley finds a hole. I think maybe around here. I think we're in the right zone. I like this maybe a little more than Shirley finds a hole. Troy and Abed podcast. This one is. Which one is this one? Sophie B. Hawkins. Not a good sign that you cannot remember it from one minute yeah, to the next. Yeah, literally put it underneath <laughs> podcast because I enjoy the podcast. <laughs> uh, sounds good to me. She <laughs> literally just asked. Oh my god. Yeah, that was uh, that was incredible. That was a land speed record to forgetting what we were talking about. Zero to what in less than a second? I will literally, I can remember an entire show. Like, uh, you know, go through rehearsal process, memorize 125 pages, including dances, choreography, like choreography, music. And remember it years later, you know? Uh, well, uh, maybe not that. I do tend to, the second a show's done, I kind of just let it purge from my brain. Uh, well. But, but you prioritize of- what you deem important in your own brain. Clearly, I did not find this antagonist. <laughs> That's exactly why when Kev heard you not remember it. He went, okay, it goes here. Yeah. <laughs> because right, we can't even remember it. <laughs> Could not remember it from one minute to the next. <laughs> uh, uh, sliding on out. I feel like, I wonder if this works a lot better for people that are fans of Sophie B. Hawk. Like, do you think that it has, like, a radically different effect on people that know who this person is? Kev, I don't know anybody who's a Sophie B. Hawkins fan, so I cannot answer that question in good faith. Well, your aunt was not gay in the 90s. <laughs> okay. I think, honestly, what this the reason why this tag exists was they were like, we pulled in Sophie B. Hawkins for a tiny little fucking cameo at the end of the episode, but we wanted to make sure that her time wasn't wasted, so we gave her also a little fun extra tidbit at the end substitutes and that's the only oh, that's just it. where it lies i just you know it is it is and it's still there. <laughs> uh dark side is okay um so let's uh let's see economics of marine biology this one will be surprisingly high for me not like shh not shockingly high, but if we're rating this against like Pascal's Triangle Revisited, I think I like we do have than, the edge. I like it better than competitive wine tasting. Absolutely. The only thing I like in competitive wine tasting is the Pinot Noir joke. That's it. The whole episode. I like uh, yeah. Professor uh, Professorson saying, your homework tonight is to drink a glass of wine in the bathtub. That's also very <laughs> good. 
That's very funny. It's a, and, uh, it's a glass of oh, it's certainly not better than chorus listing unavailable, though. Chorus listing? The it's Starburns just... funeral? Oh, what am I thinking? I'm thinking of... Um... You're thinking of curriculum uh, unavailable. Is, curriculum unavailable, is that the uh, conspiracy theory? Curriculum unavailable is the fake flashback episode yeah. with John Oh, Hunter. no, it's, yeah. It's the therapy. No. The conspiracy one's intro to conspiracy. That would make sense. Uh, conspiracy theories and interior Oh, and design. interior design. Which one's contemporary impressionists? I feel like this is when I do this for a lot. That's the one with the celebrity impressionists, where they yep. go to a bar mitzvah it. as impressionists. Uh, young and old Michael Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> wow, both kinds of Michael Jackson. Oh my uh, god. That one, okay, I think that actually might be our ceiling, because yeah. I'm thinking about the parts of that episode that make me laugh, and they're very good. Yes, they're very, they're very good. Very, they're all French Stewart, but they're very good. <laughs> <laughs> and I have uh, a couple okay. of guys that do really good impressions of Michael Chiklis and Bing Rames. <laughs> they do great impressions of breaking your legs, and the secret is... They break, actually, they actually break them. <laughs> yeah, this ain't better than that. No, Fuck. it's not better uh, than that. 61, S4E... Seven. Uh, economics. Econo- economics. Of economics. Marine bio. Oh my gosh. Are we about to have an episode of season four that's better than the pilot? <laughs> we do have one. We've had one previously. The Halloween episode. Current oh, number 53. Yeah. And folks at home, this one's better than that one. History of dance is climbing. Wow, this is... All right. We're reaching new heights for season four. Ooh, this, I imagine, will be the peak. <laughs> yeah, I, I would The I would height that. that this attains... What a great There's time a couple to more crest, too, you know what I mean? It's, in the midpoint. Hold on, y'all, I gotta say something. It's I'm, really we're climaxing. Um, I gotta say yes. something. It's real funny to me that <laughs> our ranking of 44 has a, parent, a parenthetical on the other, at the end of it. <laughs> Because <laughs> uh, I, I was like, what the fuck? And then I remembered that's the one that Jace always asked. I never fucking remember. Never remember. <laughs> Watching Kick Punch Can... Troy likes Annie. What is it? I've got a block. Troy likes Annie. Oh, that's it. Yeah. That's Annie. what happens in the episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I am finding that the description not only needs to exist, but is inadequate. It is and also needs to be fleshed <laughs> out. <laughs> no, 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 no. It, it, does, it does the job. I was like, I there was Ooh. like a block blocking it and i was like what what is it troy likes annie's what oh troy likes annie's yes. god i gotta get it gotta get it yeah oh that's it oh that's it <laughs> he oh, likes her what my booby to the theater the other one died well one's what? dead <laughs> what that's not even that episode but that's no funny. that's just a funny thing that troy says i i said that yeah. because jay said troy likes annie's what Annie's boobs. Annie's boobs. Yeah, because he names an animal after. Wait, what was the, what was that joke you just said about boob to the movie theater? What? There's a there's a throwaway line where they're talking about what they did over break, and Annie says she took her booby to the movie theater, and Troy oh, says, "Why boobie. didn't you take both of them?" And she says, "Well, one of them's dead," and he looks at her boobs and goes, "What? <laughs> what? Wait, I don't remember that joke at all. That's amazing. I think that's I think that's at the same. I th- what episode is that? It." I feel like that's regional holiday music, but it's something around. It's no, a season they're three definitely joke. sitting at a table, but I think it's the I think it's the Hawthorne Wives episode. Oh, it might be the Hawthorne it's Wives bef- episode. It's before the two the two guys come up before Troy. Uh, yeah, I think the you're Pierce's right. Autograph, I think. And that's advanced right, gay. Dog. Yeah, I think so. Whoa. Yep, Whoa. that's it. Uh, speaking of advanced gay, how do we rate this episode against that one? Uh, um. 
Oh. That episode has the room temperature room <laughs> in it. It's which is just know. one of the most exquisite jokes. It's so good. And has the introduction of Pierce's dad. It's very good. Ooh. That episode's mm. good. Isn't it, the, isn't it the introduction and death of Pierce's father? Of Pierce's dad. You are correct. Yes. That is the introduction and death. And actually right Right above that is digital estate planning, which is the second appearance of Pierce's yep. dad in a video game. Dude told his dad <laughs> Ain't that to something? Suck it. Oh my gosh. Told his dad, dad to suck it. Okay. So I'm, I, we're, we're in the right zone here. Um, the yeah. digital estate planning advanced gay zone. <laughs> I'm kind of giving this episode a little advantage just because this is the height that season four will reach. And. Yeah, you so know, we'll I want to give that its proper a little credence. bit to make it feel better about itself. Just like a little, you know, I I always try and like it's just this thing I, about like, me if where if everyone's shitting this... on something, right. I'm always like, let me try and find like the good inside of you. If we're pushing the scale um, a little bit, I would say this just beats digital estate planning. Just beats the video game episode. I'm a huge nerd, so it goes firmly between the Pearson Well then the, then there you go. Then I'll take that. Okay. I was I was pushing the scale a little bit. Now in the scale said fuck you, so I guess I know to take my I hand. I did not. I did not. That's you're what the not, scale no, 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 says no, no, to me every scale. day. I'm not saying you said that. I was being. It was an extended metaphor where the universe hates me. What? Herstory. <laughs> this episode's uh, been dark in like three places. It's gotten extremely dance. dark. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Anyway, happy trauma anniversary of lockdown. Jason's like the universe hates me. Kev's like, I'm a bad person. I'm like, I'm boring. And then everyone's like, why would we listen to this anymore? Yeah. Why do we yeah, let's listen to these guys, let's these folks just shit on each other? The guy is, yeah, let's... Hey, y'all, remember when we started this podcast in quarantine and thought for sure we wouldn't still be doing this during quarantine a year later? Lol. Yeah, I was gonna... <laughs> no, Lol. literally, shit is, shit is wild. It's like... Be kind to yourselves, y'all. Like this is a trauma no, anniversary. We need to acknowledge it as such. Like we uh, we we have experienced a trauma, and we're not even into the healing part of the trauma yet because we're still in the coping part of the trauma. So mm. like, get your vaccine when you can, absolutely, and then uh, encourage and help out others to get their vaccines, and we'll ride it out, and then. Uh, we're going to have to start the really difficult task of collective healing, which who knows what that'll even look like and what that will be like and, you know, how we even do that. But, oh, man, I can't wait to just be outside with friends. Damn, that sounds good. Damn, I wish I was outside. Why are we singing every song to Hey, Look, Mom, I Made It? Why no, is every singing... song that we've sung this episode been to that specific tune? No, that's the the tune of the song. That Damn, I wish I was your lover. We're singing Damn, Sophie Bianca. I wish I was your lover. Hey, look, it's Mama that... made it. The yeah, mother. well, that's just because, that's you know. I know. <laughs> well, a lot of songs are sound alike. Well, I, you know what I mean? I, I love Brendan Urie deeply, but uh, there was a certain point within the past few years where he sold out. Come for me, I dare you. Fuck what, you, because Brendan he did Urie. musical renditions of Disney songs? No, is that what it is? not that. Collect, secure the bag however you can, Brendan Urie. Just don't work with Taylor Swift. Wow, that was the... <laughs> that 
Doing a song for Disney is not selling out. Collect the bag anyway. But working with Taylor Swift is okay. Here's the the deal: when when Disney comes to you and says, "Hey, do a song for us," you, Brendan Urie, come do a song for us. You're Brendan Urie, being like, "Yeah, I'm Brendan Urie. I can do whatever I want with this song." When he sings "Into the Unknown," he hits that shit hard, right? But you're telling me that you're gonna take a rock star and put him in the same room as Taylor Swift, and he's gonna have some artistic integrity? I don't think so. Yikes. All right, well, Hot take. Taylor Swift more <laughs> commodifying of art than the Walt Disney Corporation. Yeah, this take so hot it's melting that's a the fucking, fucking surface of the planet. That's an absolute <laughs> fucking take. You know, it raises the question, like, would Edgar Wright have walked out of a song with Taylor Swift <laughs> because Taylor did oh not let him God. make an Edgar Wright song? What an anti-reference. Um, wow. We- I love it. Yeah, I mean, let that, you know, Edgar, I love Edgar. He's my favorite filmmaker. He can't work within those strictures. He all he has to make a, like, all caps, Edgar Wright movie. He just can't. But someone like James Gunn, who has worked within the studio system and the trauma system, can work within those strictures and and make his, his voice heard. It's just different kinds of artists, you know what I mean? I'm actually very excited for The Suicide Squad. Absolutely, dog. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, if nothing else, I will convince y'all to like one movie where Margot Robbie plays Harley Quinn. I will get one <laughs> on the board. Um, you got John Cena as Peacemaker, whatever that means. He's, you got he's Weasel. a douchey Captain America, basically. <laughs> My boyfriend Weasel. Uh, sounds great. You have a big shark. Polka Anyone? Polka Dot Man? Let's Polka Dot go. Man? Let's Played by David Dasmalkian? David Dasmalkian, yes. Like, grab the goofiest motherfucker you can think of. Exactly. I'm so excited for it. It's going to be so ridiculous, but so good. You got Michael Rooker in there. You got Palm Kleinteef in there. You can tell they're not going to take themselves too seriously, which is what you need for a Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad is the only DC title I consistently buy, like is consistently in my pull list, because I just think that's the perfect premise for a comic book. It's super good. A bunch of bad guys have to do a mission. Perfect. That is... You, they had to actively fuck it up the first time. It is inherently good, and they had to ruin it. Does, <laughs> you know what does I mean? Marvel have an equivalent to Suicide Squad? Because I know that they like copy. The, and- they do the the Thunderbolts is the closest oh, they have, which is okay, also yeah. Thunderbolts is cool. I have. Uh, or if we're going to be self-indulgent, that would be my pitch if, if Feige ever called me into his office, is you do Thunderbolts. And they're working for either Sam Rockwell as Justin Hammer or Walton Goggins as character from Ant-Man and the Wasp. And you're just dragging in, like, one Hydra guy, one mindless one who is essentially this movie's equ- uh, equivalent of Groot. Uh, and you're just like any fucker that you can drag up, like Mickey Rourke is whiplash, like fuck it. And you just make the Marvel bad guy team, but with a team of bad guys we've actually seen on camera before. That's my pitch, yeah, you know? Uh, uh, anyway, uh, Marvel, you can team. take that. Loki's Loki. definitely a part of that team. Loki's maybe a little too powerful. That's I want like shocker from Spider-Man homecoming. Where you're oh like, wow, God. you pulled up Bokeem oh, Woodbine as Shocker. Fuck it. No, not Bokeem Woodbine. I love Donald Bo- Glover. Donald Glover is, <laughs> you as get, Prowler. Yeah, as fucking... Prowler. Yeah, exactly. Uh, y'all, I'm, I'm just saying there were rumors that they're looking into a, a Miles Morales for live action. And if we don't get, like, Shemik Moore. Like, if we don't get a Donald Glover playing Uncle Aaron, 
with a Miles Morales. I'm, I, I want it well, so they couldn't, badly. They couldn't recast. They couldn't recast. Aaron. Yeah, come on. No, they couldn't. Well, I mean, they could, but everybody would be like, dude, what the fuck? Yeah, no, Donald Glover Yo, would make time fuck? in his schedule to come back and do that again. 100%. Yeah, for sure. Damn, yeah. that'd be so sick. Oh, my God. Wow. <clears throat> yeah, that'd be dope. Uh, any, any who, <laughs> anyhow, um, let's, uh, let's go into the plugs, uh, section. Uh, let's see. I have a, I have a couple. One I forgot to do last oh, week. Uh, you can hear me. In Suicide Squad. He's tasty. Go on. He tasty. <laughs> Rick Flag. He back. I think Rick Flag gonna blow up in this one. I think there's gonna be a lot of guys that blow up in this one. And I think he gonna be one of them. Blow up as um, in good or blow up as in die? Blow up as in boom. Kabang. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I think he's gonna kabang. Die I th- and, oh, like try and run away, and then Amanda Waller sets off the bomb in his head. Yeah, exactly. Or a bad guy blows him up. He's not surviving this. Is all I'm saying. Mm. Um, mm. Uh, or he's going to survive, but he's going to like be driven mad halfway through the movie, and he becomes a guy, uh, like a crazy guy. He gets a name and everything. Um, the only two people that I'm like they're definitely gonna survive this movie are Margot Robbie and John Cena. Everyone else is a, is up in the air. Everyone else could be. Oh, Idris, Idris uh, Elba is surviving. I mean, okay, I hope he sticks around, but I don't I don't know if it's a guarantee. That's all I'm saying. Oh, oh. Isn't his character in prison at the beginning of this movie because he shot Superman with a kryptonite bullet? That's I don't know. I ain't seen the movie. Wait, I ain't he, seen the film. One of the Superman movies? No, he's dead no. shot. He's replacing Will Smith. No, he's not dead shot. No, he's not dead shot. Who is he? Deathstroke? He's some other guy. No, he's just a different guy. No, definitely. He's a guy. Yeah. Uh, 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 sorry, go on with your shout-out. Oh, my God. Idris Elba is Deathstroke, though. Uh, we, we must segue on. Oh, my God. Uh, you can hear me Wilson. on... Uh, sorry, 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 sorry. Go through that. <clears throat> <clears throat> me, 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 me. Uh, I, uh, uh, you can hear me on the most uh, one of the most recent episodes of Six Seasons and a Podcast, uh, where I got to co-interview... Uh, Craig Kakowski, uh, also known as Officer Kakowski on Community. Oh uh, he's a very fun uh, guy to talk to. It's a really like nice, uh, intimate interview. I also, my mind was blown that Officer Kakowski is only in 10 episodes of the TV show Community. Oh, uh, his mark is such that you think he's in 30, but he's in 10. Um, and that was wonderful. Uh, also up on the Patreon, patreon.com slash TV's Kevin, uh, you can hear a little conversation I had with my partner about uh, the video game Hades, the book Circe, and and Greek mythology adaptations in general, and why they are so uh, uh, versatile, and why they take so many different forms, and uh, very, I think, an interesting little talk. Because the Greek knew uh, how to make good God. Yeah, the Greek knew how to make a god. They got a god for everything. They have just really good characters. Is like essentially, uh, you know, spoilers for the conversation. It'll just cost you one dollar to get that and a bunch of other shit. Uh, But uh, yeah, it's a it's a Greek is a versatile uh, mythology, and it's also not as weird as Norse, uh, Mm -hmm. where Loki's kids are a big snake, (laughs) a a big big wolf, wolf, and uh, Hela, who is half dead. Uh, the Norse, you know, they got good characters too, but it's just like a little too weird. Um, and, uh, that's, that's what I got, uh, for you. And as I mentioned earlier, uh, I watched a delightful 1960s Western, uh, starring Jane Fonda called Cat Baloo. 
Um, I've rarely been taken with the first like five minutes of a movie as I was with this, where the Columbia Pictures logo turns into a cowgirl that shoots guns. Um, then we uh, pan down on a musical duo who is narrating our movie, one of which is Nat King Cole playing a banjo. Uh, and then uh, what is this f- called? It's a frame story where uh, our hero is about to be hung, and that hero is 1960s Jane Fonda, who is maybe the most beautiful a human being has ever been. Um, uh, You might also know her from Barbarella. Uh, It's called Cat Baloo, C-A-T-B-A-L-L-O-U. And I found it delightful. It has, you know, it was a Western from 1965, so it has a little of the stuff that you might expect from a Western made in 1965, but not nearly as much as its contemporaries, if we're grading on that curve. Um, It's on the Criterion channel through the end of this month. I'm also sure you can find Cat Baloo and and rent it for cheap. Would recommend. Jane Fonda is an absolute smoke show in this movie. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah, you looked it up, dog? Yeah, I did. Holy shit. (laughs) I didn't look it up for that. I didn't look it up for that. But I'm going through the photos on IMDb, and I'm like, who, wait, that's Jane Fonda? Yes, my friend. That is Hanoi Jane Fonda. Um, Ew, gross. Ew, gross. <laughs> Don't do that. What? Yeah, right. <laughs> um, yeah, <said> that's what. <laughs> uh, let me tell you a little bit about Hanoi Jane, one of the coolest people to have ever been in the film industry. Uh, but that's a, that's another time. I simply cannot go on for any longer. Uh, uh, whoever wants to plug next may go. Jace has cool things they actually plug, so I'm going to go next so that we can end on a good note. <laughs> oh, no, don't do this to me now. No, it's fine. Oh, <laughs> do you have nothing this time? I have nothing. Okay, I go, ahead, go, ahead, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I don't have anything to plug except be nice to yourselves, you know? <laughs> like, just assume. It's, yeah, it's, I mean, look, we're entering March, and this is the anniversary of lockdown. Um, and... It feels like maybe we might be starting to turn a new leaf with, at least in certain areas, vaccination rollout, but it's still only the beginning of that process. Uh, and then after that, uh, we're gonna there's it's gonna it's gonna look like a different thing. Like healing is gonna look like its own thing, and we need to give that the space that it deserves, that it requires, rather. Um, so you know, be be kind to yourself. Um, you know, and if things feel like super crazy right now or you're like why am i so emotional about this it, i mean it might just be pisces season but it's honestly probably just because it's the anniversary of a trauma and you know be kind to yourself drink some water um you know get get yourself a snack that you enjoy or something i don't know be, be kind to yourself and, and uh yeah i love you you know Shoot. that's yeah. what i have to say yeah uh, I really don't have much going on, but um, shit. Well, actually, kind of do. There's so nerdy bitches changing some stuff. This is the first place this is going to be announced. I think technically, no, because this goes up on like Friday, right? Thursday. Thursday. Cool. So if you watch our podcast live, you will have already caught this. But we're shuffling some things around. So our, we have a couple of shows. Um, the nerdy bitch show is going to become our primary. And Bounty Board, the show that's been going for two years, is going to turn into, like, my thing, full of interviews and shit. And I have cool interviews coming up. Uh, one with Rami Ismail. That's going to be dope. Um, and then also I'm um, reading Jason Schreier's book. That's not out yet until May. Uh, but I'll be reviewing that. So I've got cool things coming. That's really What's all my shout-outs are. Like, stay tuned. It's called Press Reset. 
So Jason Schreier wrote a book about <clears throat> how hard games are to make a couple years ago called Blood, Sweat, and Pixels. It's very good. Um, if you thought Destiny could have been good, but it was bad, you read that. You'll find out why. Uh, <laughs> this book this book is called Press Reset. And it's about what happens to people that, that are on teams that get like shut down, games that get canceled, people that get laid off, where they go, if they come back to games at all, all that shit. Uh, it's very good. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, if you like, you, it's my normal plug. If you like nerdy game stuff, go to Nerdy Bits and check that shit out. We're doing cool things going forward. So, yeah. Hell yeah. And my daughter turns four on Friday. That's a shout out. Oh my God. Oh yeah, my fucking. God. Sunday night, Amanda and I were sitting on the couch talking, and then we both went, oh, fuck. <laughs> That's this week. Oh, uh, shout out to the slow march a, of time. Time is a fucking blob right now so is she, she, is she even watching uh wandavision is she excited for the finale on her birthday <laughs> charlie has not been watching wandavision we've been watching it after she goes to bed because that show demands your focus and my daughter uh-huh. doesn't like focusing on things that are live action people yet i like the way she processes trauma she uses, <laughs> she uses sitcoms from her past to process her emotional feelings much I like Abed from Community. So fucking sad when you realize that she's living this shit out. Anyway, we won't talk about WandaVision anymore. We can stop. Yeah, moratorium. We're never going to mention it again. <laughs> Game over. Not once, ever. Beep, beep, beep. Never again. Uh, so we will be back next week with the uh, fabled puppet episode and Community's final Christmas oh, episode. Uh, oh, but God. Uh, until then, Google Hanoi Jane and uh, fuck content, make art, and pop pop. So good. Diggity do. Diggity do. Diggity do. Diggity do. Diggity do. Diggity do. Pop pop. Diggity do. Diggity do. <laughs> Yikers. <laughs> Cut that out, that's fine. This has been a Talk Back Podcast. That was quite a show. Very entertaining. Please tell your friends about this show. Boopy doopy doop boop sex. Larry, I'm on DuckTales.